You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves. It's Friday, Tim. It's my favorite day of the week. I love it. And you love it too. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate the support. Tim, how are you, my main, my main man? I am good. I am good. We got a long weekend, which is exciting. Are you doing anything? Going anywhere? Why is it the long weekend? Uh, President's Day is Monday. I um I didn't vote for Joe Biden, so I don't think I can take it as a holiday. Do I get to, even though I, I lost? I think it's about the old presidents, history, oh, then the I'll, history okay. of presidents. Then I'll do something fun. Because I didn't know how it works. I'm new to this. I took it the last few years because I won, but now I lost. So I didn't know if it's like you lose, you don't get it. But I guess everybody gets it. That's exciting. So no, no plans. What about you? Are you going to go to the state capitol? You're close to Washington. I'm not close to Washington, but six hour drive. That's pretty uh, close. No, no, I uh, no, no, but no big plans. Probably a lot of runs to Target and Bed Bath Beyond, IKEA. I got a couch delivery coming next week, so just continuing to get set, settled here. So let's talk about your personal life a little bit. How has it been going? Have you made any friends? Um, you know, we haven't really on. talked about it. Before we even get into that, I, I had this thing the other day that I thought would be funny. And maybe it's not funny, but um, I was at an eye appointment on Wednesday. And and there's three guys, including me, in the waiting room. And this nurse or whatever comes out and she's like, Arthur? And no one, we, no one says anything. Arthur? And she goes to the guy in the middle. And she's like, are you Arthur? And it's an older guy. And he's like, what? Are you Arthur? Oh, no, no, I'm not. Okay. She looks at me. Are you Arthur? I'm like, no. And she looks at the other guy. She's like, are you Arthur? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> she was like, you're Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hey, I'm Arthur. Like, raise your hand when I'm calling you. And he was like. He just thought some lady was just saying Arthur for no reason. I, I don't know. He was just like, he was a, looked like an odd dude. He was a little bit older, like maybe 60. Um, and he was just like, yeah, Martha. <laughs> she was like, okay. Like, come on back. I'm ready for you. Okay. It's time now, Arthur. Let's go, bud. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, now I, is Arthur now your friend? Let's get back to my question. Have you, how is the social life treating you there, Tim? I, I don't actually. Okay. I made one. I met one guy. I think I told you nice. already when I was getting a bagel, um, and this guy was there in a, with a Bruins hat. And I was like, oh, we're from Boston. And he's like, yeah, I just moved here. He's from Hingham, Brian Boyle's hometown, which is two towns over from me. So we chatted up, um, got his number. But that was like a month ago. And I never, never reached out. So I guess he's not really my friend. But you never nice texted exchange. him? No, no. I, I, yeah, no, I didn't. No, you ghosted him. Yeah. Yeah. Why? He wasn't your type. Well, he was he's he was younger too. Like I I didn't realize, but he was like twenty four. And I'm uh, like, you don't like um, seeing guys that are younger. <laughs> what do you I want in a friend, Tim? What do you want in a friend? Someone who's older or your same someone, age? Yeah, I don't know. It just I felt weird. Like, <clears throat> like it would be cool to watch a Bruins game with someone who's who cares about it. But um, 
Yeah. And then I went on a date last weekend, um, which went well, I think. So hopefully. The wow. And was she younger or older? She's 29. Okay. So you're 30. Yeah. I'm 31. She's from Boston as well. Is there a criteria? No, no, no. She's from North Carolina, different city somewhere. Have you looked up the PD Pablo song yet? (laughs) What is that? It's one of the, they used to call him a banger back in the day. It was a fantastic song by PD Pablo called North Carolina. Come on and raise up, throw your hands up, whip your shirt off and wave it around your head like a helicopter. It's a great song. It's a great song. You should look it up. I'm surprised they don't play it all the time in North Carolina. It would. It's like the state song? anthem. Is it what? Was it a locker room song in the in the show? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think it was a locker room song, but it was. It was definitely on my playlist because I enjoyed that song. And I every time I heard it, tarps off, waving around my head. I'm like, I wish I was in North Carolina. Look at you living my dream. Uh, it's unbelievable, you. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we'll try to get Petey Pablo on the show. Maybe that'd be great. <laughs> See what he's up to. He definitely, he, he did not take off after that. He did not really, <laughs> did not vault him into the, the status of elite rappers. Anyway, from Greenville, North Carolina. I just looked. Oh, up. how far is that from you, Tim? About two hours. Oh, look at you. You can go and visit him. I'm sure he would like you to take him to lunch. Moving on. Speaking of vaulting, things into a different level the edmonton oilers have been vaulted all of a sudden into a pretty decent hockey team tim you know when they fired dave Tippett, i figured it was too little too late well and maybe not too little too late but i didn't think it was going to have the impact that the new coaches had jay woodcroft has come in and they've rattled off four straight wins mind you we're going to take this with a grain of salt the wins are not versus playoff teams most of them they they beat la they beat san jose they beat anaheim and i'm not sure who the other win was i think it was ottawa so maybe another team i can't remember the fourth win so they're not you know very blockbuster wins they're not beating the minnesota wild or the new york rangers or the colorados of the worlds but all that aside they were losing these games a month ago and now they're winning them which is a good thing why are they winning games? What's happening? Is it just a fresh face coming in, Jay Woodcroft? All of these players are familiar with Woodcroft during camp. The AHL coaches come in. They take a team. They work with that team. The NHL coaches have a team. So all of these guys know Jay Woodcroft. He's been around the NHL for years. He was the assistant coach for the San Jose Sharks when I was there. I you know, waxed poetically about him a few podcasts ago, about how I think he's a very good coach. He is going to... He's going to gel well with Connor McDavid. He is a skill type of coach. He loves working with skill guys. When I was in San Jose, he saw we had Joe Pavelski. He knew Joe's strengths, and he built the whole power play around Joe Pavelski. It, its sole purpose of that power play was initially getting shots to the net so Joe could get a tip because he had the best hands in the league. He still does around the net. I would take him over anybody within five feet of the net. You find me one player who's better, and we'll have a, good, a pretty good heated debate over that because Joe is Bro, just lights out. Who? Kreider? No. That big pucks. body. Uh, okay. Joe's tipping, better at tipping pucks. Hand, sure. His hand-eye is second to none. He, he curtailed the whole power player on that, and if that didn't work out, 
we would go from high to low. We'd create a little triangle in the corner and Joe would pop out and Joe's got a pretty good shot from the little high slot area. It'd go ding, ding, down from Pavs down to Jumbo, up to Joe Pavelski, or sorry, Bernsey down to Jumbo, up to Pavs. It was just, it was lights out our power play when I was there. It was really, really incredible. The breakout was on point. So he he's a very gifted offensive mind. I knew he would gel well with Edmonton. I didn't know it would, you know, happen this quickly. And maybe they're getting the rush of the new coach vibes, which usually happens. You see this uptick in production. The guys want to prove it to the new coach. They want to, you know, have a good impression, put your best foot forward. You want to be able to get that playing time. Because like we said, with Galchenyuk, it's all about that first impression. If you can get that, the first eyes of the coach on you and he sees you back checking and finishing checks and really playing hard and the first four or five games, that's the impression that he gets of you. That's what he's going to remember. And so when it comes to, you know, who he's going to throw on the ice, he's going to pick your number because, oh, you know what? Zach Cassian, that one shift, he was really busting his behind getting back. I like that. A little unbeknownst to him, he only did it for three games, and now he's been slacking off for the last two, and you haven't really noticed it because other things have been going on. You weren't focusing on that part of the game like you were when you're the first you know, couple days on the job when you just have to take everything in. So who knows? They've won four in a row. They've crept up to third place in the crappy Pacific, like I'm calling it now. And they're in the playoffs, baby. They're cruising along. Am I just on point? Am I missing anything, Tim? Or is, is this a trend that's going to continue for the Edmonton Oilers? Or is this just a blip? Are they going to go back to being that dumpy team who just stinks and can't win a game because they're just all prima donnas and they just can't figure it out when it comes down to crunch time? What's it going to be, Tim? Who are the Edmonton Oilers? I think they're showing us that they're a playoff team. Um, I don't think they're going to keep winning at this pace, obviously. But, yeah, I think they're a playoff team. I think the fourth spot, as it probably should be, is going to be between L.A. and, and Anaheim. Um, I think Edmonton is, is – it's not like it's locked in or anything yet, but they're showing us this is where they belong, and, and I expect that to continue. My, my main uh, – I don't say concern, but the, my, my main point of interest right now is to make sure I'm watching the standings in that top three seeds. I want to see Calgary and Edmonton play each other in a first round. Oh. We've been begging for that for years. You know, going back even a couple of years with the Lucic and the Cassians and Kachuks, like all these great little moments of hatred between these two teams over the past couple of seasons. I would love to see that play out over seven games. We haven't seen it yet. And right now, they wouldn't play each other in the first round. Vegas is by sandwich between them. But if Vegas can leapfrog a little bit, or if Edmonton drops down to the fourth spot, they'll play each other in the first round. I think we are all better off if that happens. I honestly believe Calgary is is now the best team in this division. With the addition of Tyler Toffoli, with the emergence of Johnny Gaudreau this year, with the continued success of Matthew Kachuk, with Jacob Markstrom just playing lights out this year, Calgary is the best team in this division. I think even with Jack Eichel, until he can figure out his game and they need to get Mark Stone back, until they have all their pieces in place, Calgary, they're the team to beat in the Pacific at this point. And they've been playing really, really good hockey. They've been on a roll. They've won eight in a row. They're just humming along. They're playing really good defensively. Their goal differential team is out of this world. They're plus 52. So they don't mess around. When they win, they win. They're 28, 13, and 6. They are a very good hockey team. So I don't see them seeding the first place. What I could see happening is Anaheim finding their groove again. I don't think L.A. I don't know. L.A. and Anaheim, they're just they're an enigma. You don't know what to think of them. 
one month they're just on fire they're a, a well-oiled machine and the next month they can't figure it out anaheim is in, in the middle of a three-game losing streak they aren't playing well they've forgotten how to play defense i don't know what's going on in anaheim la is the same boat they're just they can't string together wins anymore it's like one win two losses one win one loss it's just you you can't have that type of consistency and expect to win in this nhl and be in the playoffs so we'll see what happens that that's a race i want to watch the three four five race in the pacific because i think calgary and vegas they're the two best teams in that division i think edmonton still has a lot of holes that they need to fill the goaltending it's too hot and cold with these guys. They need to fill that void. But hey, it's like I said, it's the dumpy Pacific. So you can go on runs. I've said it the whole season long. You're going to see lots of streaks. And Edmonton's been the personification of my prediction. They've had 10 game losing streaks. They've had 10 game winning streaks. They're in the middle of a four game winning streak now. It wouldn't surprise me if we're talking this time next week, they've, they're on a four game losing streak. Their next five games. Winnipeg, who's been playing lights out lately, they've just been humming on all cylinders. Shifley's back. Wheeler's playing well. All these guys are playing really good hockey. Connor's still humming along. Why am I saying humming a lot this podcast, eh? Humming, humming. I don't know. Humming along, I guess. They got Minnesota the next night. They're going Tampa Bay. They got Florida. They got Carolina. Let's circle back. Let's put a pin in this. Let's put a pin in this conversation, Tim. We'll circle back in a week and a half. I predict... Edmonton will be on a four or five game losing streak. What do you think of that? What do you think of them apples, Tim? Uh, I don't know about that. I could see them going 500 for a chunk. I don't think they're in for a losing streak though. You think they're going to be Tampa Bay in Tampa? Uh, do you Tim? Do you? <laughs> I, I think they're capable of it. Yeah. I answer think... the question, Tim. Yes, I do. I do. <gasps> yes, I do. Oh, you want to put some money on that, Tim? <laughs> yeah, sure. Put on, buy some breakfast. There's a lot of great diners near me in Charlotte. So you owe me like a thousand breakfasts. You're never going to come to fruition. It could with DoorDash. We'll get to them in a little bit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Not now, DoorDash. <laughs> Not, yeah. Go back to your room, DoorDash. We'll see you in a little bit. You know who's busting out of his door? He's just, he's, they've unleashed the Kraken, not the Seattle Kraken. They've ripped off the chains. He's like the Incredible Hulk. He's just on fire. Patrick Line, turtleneck and all. He has just been ripping clappers, scoring like a man possessed. He's got 10 goals in seven games. He had the game winner the other night. Who were they playing? I think they were playing Montreal. It was a really good game. Columbus, he scores with five seconds left. Bar down, patang. It was beautiful to watch. Absolutely beautiful to watch. No one's talking about Patrick Laine. And it's because he plays in Columbus and really Columbus is a pretty forgettable city right now. They had their their time in the sun. They were really competitive a few years back, and then they just blew it. They went all in that one playoff drive. They didn't trade anybody. Like, we're going to keep Bobrovsky. We're going to keep Seth Jones. We're going to keep – who else did they keep? They lost them all in the offseason, and it really kind of burned them a little bit. Well, guess what? Patrick Laine is there, and he's starting to play good. He's starting to find his scoring rhythm. He is in his last year of his contract. He's at 7.5 this year. He's a restricted free agent. So who knows how this offseason is going to play out? We've seen how much power restricted free agents have in the offseason. They hold teams hostage where they, they want a number. And if they don't get it, they're holding out and they're going to use everything at their disposal to just make these teams squirm. He's going to want a big number. Columbus does have a little bit of cap. They have some cap space. They got about $10 million with him coming off. They'll have $17.5 million. 
what? Why is no one talking about Columbus and Patrick Laine? He's a bona fide sniper. He came into the league. He scored 40 plus goals his first year. He was a second coming of team with Solane. If I'm a GM, are you kicking the tires on a Patrick Laine, Tim? He's, he's a plays, plays on the wing. He's a big bodied kid. He's still young. He's only 23 years old. Are people just not into Patrick Laine anymore? Why is this not a topic? Why is everyone all about Jake DeBrusque? Who cares about DeBrusque? The guy's an absolute slug. Patrick Laine actually does have some talent. He knows how to put the puck in the net. He's a bona fide sniper. Yes, he does have some flaws. We all do. We're all flawed, Tim. Nobody's perfect. Why are we not talking about Patrick Laine anymore? Uh, I don't really know. Um, it's funny because, like, maybe it has to do with him being an RFA. It'll probably cost him quite a bit to to get him. And he's also one of the streakier guys. Like, he could easily go 20, 30 games without scoring, and it's happened multiple times in his career. So I think that's what makes people nervous about him. Here's a crazy stat. That's his ninth career hat trick. That's a lot. Hat-trick. He's He's 23 years old. And it's funny, too, because he's been around for so long, but he was younger than all three of the Calder nominees last year. You know, and so many hat tricks Patrick Kane has. Uh, two. One. And he got his first one this year. Wow. Isn't that bizarre? And Lina has nine bizarre. and he's only 23. So he scores in bunches. You're absolutely right. Will he, he get dealt? Bunches. Will he get dealt, though, at the deadline? I think this is a sleeper <clears throat> trade acquisition that a GM could take advantage of. Not take advantage of. But this is a player who could trans, like he could transform your whole power play, your first line. You put him out with there with the playmaker, and I think you could get this guy. Does Columbus think they're going to win in the next five years? That's a question that their GM has to ask. They have two first rounders coming up. They got Chicago's and they have theirs. If they could mix in another first rounder, they're they're in a rebuild mode. Other than Line A, they have Voracek. They don't really have any strong young players who are making an impact. You got Cole Sillinger. He's, you know, serviceable. There's some other pieces. They got Warinsky on the back end. They're not going to compete for a long time. To me, it makes sense if I'm their GM, if I'm Yarmo Kekalainen, who is no stranger to just wheeling and dealing. This guy likes to make trades. I would be shopping Patrick Line. Does that not make perfect sense to you to ship him out and try to get a first rounder and a prospect? You saw what Tyler Trafoli got. He could get the same, if not more. I don't know. Maybe I'm just speculating, but it makes sense to me that you would be shopping this guy. If I were looking at this objectively and doing my research, I would say, yeah, he's absolutely a, a trade target. But the fact that there's not much chatter about him, I don't see his name brought up in these trade rumor reports. I haven't seen much about him online other than his goal scoring the last two weeks. Makes me think that there's some reason that he's not being brought up. And maybe he won't be traded just because uh, maybe maybe they want to build around him. Maybe they don't think they have five-plus years. Maybe they think it's a two-year window and they want to give him a, a longer-term deal. And, you know, he's a – the talent-wise, he's the guy that you – a guy that you could build around. So, yeah, I don't know. Patrick Lainez don't come every day. It's not something you want to give up easily, no matter how streaky he might be, just because in the end, the goal total will be there. And we've seen him be a 40-goal scorer already. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why not, he's not being brought up. I just reached out to friend of the show, Frank Saravalli, and asked him. So we'll see if he gets back to us during this podcast. Frank's usually pretty prompt with me. He knows who butters his bread, and that's me. <laughs> just kidding. Totally, totally kidding, Frank. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll move on. I would love to see Line get dealt. That would be so exciting. They, Columbus has no business trying to compete. Right now, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. 
They're sitting in the fifth spot. They're 16 points behind the Washington Capitals. And when you look ahead for the next two, three, four, five years, is Columbus in a better position than, a new, than the New York Rangers as far as their development and where they're going to be searching for that cup? No. Are they ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes? Absolutely not. Potentially, they're ahead of the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins just because the salary cap's wrapped up with those two teams and their players are aged. But even in the next two years, I don't see them leapfrogging either of those teams. So I take, I take the Devils over them in the next several years. The Devils, Seinfeld, even even the Islanders, even the Philadelphia Flyers, like it's a tough division to compete in. And if you don't have those young, skilled players to build around, which they don't at this point, maybe you would consider lining one of those players. But there's a reason he got booted out of Winnipeg. You know, he obviously rubs people the wrong way. Maybe he's just found his spot in Columbus and they're going to sign him to a long term deal. And this is a moot point. But I don't know, something to keep an eye on. Patrick Line, they also have Max Domi, who's he will be traded. Maxie's gone. He hasn't lived up to his contract when they traded him from Montreal and they gave Montreal, Josh Anderson. Those are double stinkers going both ways. Anderson hasn't lived up to the hype when he arrived in Montreal and Maxie's just, he's completely disappeared the last few years. He hasn't done anything, which is really surprising because he, gosh, when I, when I had him in Arizona, he's a good little player. He's firing goals and left and right. He and Anthony Duclair was just, it was exciting to watch. It was a good time. I had a lot of good times with those two young kids. They rejuvenated me. I was just old slug, you know, go, come into the rink and these two young kids, we, you know, we go grab dinner we go hang out. Hey, good kids. Good kids. Were no, you, like, no. Wrestling with them on the ice too at practice. Oh yeah. We'd wrestle on the ice, off the ice in the hotel room. We wrestle all over the place. We just wrestle. We were wrestling all. We went to the national championship game. Those two guys and me, it was fun. They had connections. It was amazing. The amount of connections that these young kids had max, especially because of his dad, Ty, he just knew everybody like he's buddies with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Brady, and he's connected everywhere. He got his tickets to the national championship game, Clemson, Alabama. We go, we left after like the first quarter. That's how showtime we were. We're like, ah, this stinks. We're out of here. Clemson like had a huge comeback and won. It was amazing. But we were like, ah, we're out here. Let's go somewhere else. <laughs> I was just like, can we stay you guys? <laughs> well, we left. It was a big mistake. I think we had a game the next night. All right. Speaking of Montreal, speaking of Max Domi, speaking of trades, Ben Chariot. 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 What? It's not even how it's spelled. Chariot. Whatever. Ben Chariot. The rumors are heating up to him. I think GMs are starting to get a little antsy in their pantsy. When a defenseman like this is available at the deadline, they go for a high number. We saw it last year with Savard. We see it every year with these guys who are the defensive defensemen. They play the hard minutes. They, pe- they kill the penalties. You can throw them out there versus the other team's top line. They're banging bodies. They're physical, pain in the behind to play against. They go for a lot. And there's not a lot of them up for grabs this, this offseason or this uh, trade deadline, and he is the premier target. What can you tell me, Tim? Why are things heating up right now? What teams are in our Sherratt that you know of? You're an insider on the whole NHL now. You're just the guy. What can you tell me about Ben Sherratt? Where is he going to go? What's the price tag going to be? Who's going to end up with this this little diamond, this nugget known as Ben Sherratt? Well, it's funny. I, I think um, you said Savard. I think the good comparison, maybe Muzzin a few years ago, that that deadline deal where, like you said, the, the heavy minutes, the big bodies, and those are like 
He was a stallion last year for the back end for, no. the, for the Canadians. Yes, he was. The minutes he was logging, the, playing against other teams' top lines, he didn't put up points. That's not what he's there for. And in a lot of sense, he's going to he's gonna bring you more. Even- yes, he was. <laughs> I, I just don't like the word stallion. He got really yes. pissed. Yes, that's he was a stallion. <laughs> yes, he was. Objectively speaking, that's a technical term. He's a stallion. Um, yeah, so Ken Hughes spoke with the media yesterday and said, yeah, we've had conversations with teams about Sherratt. I think most teams were identifying good hockey players on expiring contracts that are going to be free agents, blah, 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 blah. They've gotten a lot of phone calls. They know everyone wants to is interested. And I think he, his, cap hit, his cap hit's not crazy. And I think, you know, the guys that always seem to get hurt are you, or the players that you can't, keep, you can't have enough of in a long playoff run is defensemen. It happens all the time, just speaking from the Bruins. Like, they, those guys always get hurt. They're skating their sixth, seventh, eighth defensemen are in, you know, logging top four minutes by the at some point during a long playoff run. So, you always want to add that kind of defenseman. And I think he could probably bring in a first rounder just because of what we've seen with other recent deals. And, and Savard, I believe, got one last year or two years ago. So, yeah, it's going to be an expensive trade deadline. We've seen it already with Toffoli. And I think, there's not that many players of, of um, Sherratt's ilk available right now. So, yeah, I could see him being traded to a team and, and getting a good haul back from Montreal. Yeah, I agree. It's a team that I think would really – well, any team would be lucky to have a Ben Sherratt. A, a team that I think would really, really value him is a team that's – it's the highest scoring team in the NHL. It's a team that has never been shut out team that just scores goals at will the florida panthers florida yeah you look at them they are so top heavy their their four lines up front are just unbelievable if you throw him on the back end you got ekblad montour Uyghur. he plays a similar style as gudas but he's a little more offensively gifted as hard as that is to say because sherry that's not that offensively gifted but he does move the puck a little bit better than gudas he would fit in well with this with this six i, I like that move it's uh it's tricky with their salary cap. That's going to be the whole issue this trade deadline, much like it was last deadline, to fit him under the cap. They might have to ask Montreal to eat some of that number and maybe give them a little bit more than they want to. But if you're the Florida Panthers right now, you got to go all in. This is your year. Like you, you have the stars are aligned. All of your guys are clicking on like all cylinders. Reinhardt's having a great year. Huberdeau is playing at an MVP level. Barkov, steady as she goes, one of the most underrated captains and players we have in the NHL to date. Sam Bennett's playing well. Anthony Duclair has a scoring at will. They have Verhage. They have a lot of high-end forwards. who are, Like Mason Marchman's playing really good. Why not just go for it? You have two good goaltenders, Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. You have the makings of a really good team that can succeed in the playoffs. Tampa Bay is weak. We saw them. They're older. They don't have the depth that they used to have. So I don't know. That makes sense to me. We'll see if it comes to fruition. They don't like, it's not a huge need, but much like the Colorado avalanche, why let everybody else catch up to you? Why not just further solidify yourself as the top dog in the division? Say, you know what? We're not going to let Tampa Bay get this guy. We're not going to let the Rangers go out and get somebody. We will get this player, and then we'll further the gap that we have versus anybody else. That's why I like when these top players are connected, the Claude Giroux. It's like, really? He's going to go to Colorado? The rich are getting richer? No. That's Joe Sackick being like, I'm not going to let you guys catch me. I'm just going to – I'm gone. I'm Usain Bolt on the back 100 when he's doing the 400 or whatever he runs. He's like, I'm going to kick in the afterburners, and I'm gone, baby. You're not going to catch me. I'm not even going to give you any chance to catch me. So that – I would like to see him go to Florida, but he probably won't. He'll probably go somewhere where they actually will pay more to get him. So 
What other rumors are out there, Tim? Because there's the the players. There's going to be a plethora of players at the deadline. What what are people saying about man man hunk himself, man rocket, as you like to say? Hopefully, friend of the show one day, Brock Besser. Yeah, that has really heated up in the last forty eight hours, um, and it's funny too because he's kind of a polarizing player. I, you know, he's he can score goals in bunches, but he doesn't put up a lot of points overall, and he's. He's, he's streaky like line A in, in a lot of ways. But again, like if you can get him in the right situation, he changes everything in your top six and your power play. He's a sniper. Uh, he's a gamer. So it's funny. I was looking at a couple, you know, uh, tweets about this this morning. And, and one guy, Jay Fresh Hockey, is a great, great follow on Twitter. He said, the Besser trade rumors are the perfect opportunity for me to say that I can't really make heads or tails of him. He's a sniper, but he's got the same number of five on five goals as Nick Bonino. Philip Deneau and Scott Lawton in the past three seasons. Wow. And that's not really a group that you want to be associated with if you're Brock Besser, right? So I think he's a power play heavy goal guy, um, which is fine, except I don't think if you're trying to add him, I don't know if that he's at the top of my list. He's probably like a, once some other dominoes fall, then you go and get a Besser. On the flip side, another great follow on Twitter, Cam Robinson said, Hey, reminder that Brock Besser has played at 39 goals, 67-point pace since Boudreaux took over a few weeks ago. He's played at or above a 65-point pace and 65 point pace in four out of the five seasons in the league. He's smart, he's good defensively, and he's only 24 years old. If you move him, you better get serious value back. So if I'm a GM, I'm leaning more on the first, the first stat, right? I'm trying to bring this value down like, hey, yeah, he's got this or that, but he's not a five-on-five goal scorer. He's streaky. I don't know. What do you think he goes for? Do you think he still gets a first and plus? Yeah, I, I like Galchenyuk. He has that reputation. He has scored. He's better. He's and, no. He's more. He's, he's better, better than Galchenyuk. Than but that's what I mean. He has a reputation. He is known as a goal scorer. He's got that reputation. He he can fill the net when he wants to. When you give him the puck in a certain spot, he's got one of the best releases in hockey. When he he came into the league, he he just. He was ripping shots, top shelf. He would do the little pull shot, and it, people were just blown away by how quick he got the puck off his stick. So he does have that reputation with him. So I does I do think he gets a first rounder. I don't I don't think Vancouver lets him walk without getting that return, just because they don't have to. You know, he, they can they can bring him back next year and try again and trade him the following season. He's going to be an RFA. He, he, they have control over him for a few more years, at least he's only 24. So they don't have to trade him. That's what I mean. But I think they will. I think they'll get a first rounder. Vancouver's going to make a lot of moves. I truly believe that they got a new GM. He's going to want to hit reset. They're going to keep Bo Horvat. They're going to keep Pedersen. They're going to build around those guys. I think they're going to gas JT Miller. I think they're going to gas Brock Besser. I think they're going to maybe trade Connor Garland and they're just going to reload they'll get a lot of return for those three players. Those are three really good players. And if you can get three first rounders for those guys and really nail it in the scouting department and try to bring in one elite player and then, you know, supplement your team with some other good signings, that would be really, really, you know, a smart move. If, if I'm the GM of this team, they got a lot of money tied up on the back end. <sighs> that Oliver Ekman Larson thing. It's not looking great now that signing the trade that they brought him in. But what's his point total? Do you have it in front of you? Say la vie. Oliver Ekman Larson to date has doot, 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 doot. Sorry. He has 15 points in 47 games, four goals, 11 assists. Not exactly top line defensive 
numbers for an offensive defenseman who's making $7.26 million a year. E, not great, but what are you going to do? That's the price you have to pay when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. Oliver ekman Larson used to be a top-end talent, but that, that, that's a swing and a miss right now, and, it, and it's becoming more and more apparent night in and night out. But I think you move better. You try to move one of your defensemen if you can, and you just you, you get as much return as you can because much like who were we just talking about in the East? The Columbus Blue Jackets. I can't see Vancouver competing in the West for a few more years. Their turnaround is quicker based on how those forwards play. Is Pedersen going to revert back to the player he was? I don't know. I thought Vancouver was going to take the next step this year. I was all in. I liked Vancouver. They had. A, if you look at their roster, much like the New York Islanders, it's a solid roster. They have a lot of good players. They made a lot of good moves this offseason. Bringing in Connor Garland. I thought Oliver ekman Larson change of scenery was going to do him good. It hasn't. I don't know what happened. Maybe he's just logged a lot of minutes and he's just, the game has passed him by. I don't know, but they need to do something to kind of switch that team up. It's not, it's not working. Even with Bruce, Bruce Boudreau behind the, behind the helms. All right, Tim, it's time. It's time for DoorDash. We've waited long back. enough. Come on. The, the people have been chomping at the bit to hear this ad and I'm just going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him hot. Just like the pizza that they're going to get from DoorDash because it's going to come to your door hot. Because that's what DoorDash does. You place the order, they go get your food like that. Their drivers are so incredibly fast. They're safe. They're prudent. They get you your food hot and ready if it's going to be hot. Cold, ice cold if it's supposed to be cold. Because DoorDash is the best, Tim. They're the absolute best. You should use them. And you should use them with your dropping the gloves promo code because you're going to save a little do-re-mi. If you're in the USA, promo code is GLOVESDDUS. If you're in Canada, the promo code is GLOVESDD. That's Gloves DD US if you're in the USA and Gloves DD if you're in Canada. 25% off, free delivery with DoorDash. Please use them. It supports my kids and they need it. My kids are just, they need shoes, everybody. They need diapers. Only one of them in diapers. Only one in diapers. They're They're not starving, but they could use some new boots. They go through boots like it's going out of style. They just like, just so hard on their clothes and they're girls. Who would have thought? All right, let's let's get back to a Canadian team. You know how I love talking about the Montreal Canadiens. It's just so fun. We we saw Ben Chariot, trade rumors. Now it's Cole Caulfield. Cole disappeared this season. He went away. He was gone. He said, I'm going to pack up my stuff. I'm leaving. My body will be here, but I am not going to be here. I'm just going to be a shell of my former self. Well, his, his clone, Martin St. Louis, is now the coach. And all of a sudden, Cole Caulfield has scored four goals in four games. He has seemed to regain his confidence, and he's back, baby. He's going to win the Calder Trophy. He's going to score 40 goals in the last 40 games, and he's going to win the Rocket Richard Trophy. He's going to win the Calder Trophy, and he's going to win everything because he's back because of Coach of the Year candidate, I've heard, Martin Saint-Louis. Do you love this, Cole Caulfield resurrection, Tim? Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. How do you not like it? I mean, he's a, he's an exciting young player, and it's fun to beat on him while he's down. But again, like he's still so inexperienced. This is his first season. It's um, yeah. I think it's great. Good for him. And the Montreal won last night, so they're feeling pretty good. It was it was a good win, an overtime win versus the St. Louis Blues. Cole Caulfield had the winner from a pass by Jeff Petrie, another guy who has just been ice cold this season. Maybe. Martin, 
is pushing the right buttons and his X's and O's are really paying off. Maybe he went in that locker room and said, guys, we're just going to play tic-tac-toe all day with our X's and O's and we're going to win hockey games. Who knows what he's doing in that room? All I know is they're having fun. Martin got his first win. That's big. Who knows where it's going to you know, snowball from here. But good for Cole Caulfield. He's a good hockey player. It's nice to see him regaining some confidence. It's funny how confidence is a thing. You know, you see these NHL players, you think they're robotic. It's like, okay, you have this skill set. You should be able to go out and exact your skills on the ice every single night. It should be almost just boom, boom, boom. Tie up the skates, go on the ice. You're better than all these players go, but it's so mental. Once you lose your confidence, you lose a lot of things. We, we saw with Patrick Lining. We saw with Elias Pettersson in Vancouver. We saw with Cole Caulfield. We see it all over the league. Jeff Skinner, like it, it, it is a thing. Mental toughness is a thing and it's hard. I've been through it. You know, when you get beat up, you're like, gosh, you know, am, am I not that tough? Then you go out and you really try to dust the next guy. You're like, yes, okay, I am that tough. Good. I still got it. If you don't score for a few games and you're a goal scorer and you read the press clippings and your coach is getting on you, your players are like, oh, you know, what's going on there? It creeps in your mindset. The the window in the net where you're shooting at gets smaller and smaller and smaller because you're ex- you're expecting to miss now. Like, maybe I'm not that good. Maybe I can't hit that spot. And you start passing a little more. Maybe you start shooting off the pad. You, you aren't as confident as you used to be, but it's nice to see Cole Caulfield the net seems big to him right now. He's he's finding the open spaces. He's he's getting the chances and he's producing. That's what's good. I, I think it's a great thing, Cole Caulfield. He's a good hockey player. Hopefully he can keep this going, score some goals. Montreal's still going to lose. Don't get me wrong. This is only Martin's first win. He's been in four games now with the Canadians. Yep, four. Four games. So Martin is one in four. But who knows? Maybe he you know parlays this into an assistant coaching job next year. I think that would be a good spot for him. Martin is not a head coach yet. He needs to learn his game. And then once he learns how to be a coach, Martin would be Stop. a good NHL. What? Ugh, brutal. Put some respect on his name. This guy's a legend. Do you want me to call him Marty? Martin? Martin? He was Marty when he was in Tampa Bay. Marty St. Louis. Now he's in Montreal. He's Martin St. Louis. Marty St. Louis. Never Marty St. Louis. He was never Marty in Tampa Louis. Bay when he won the cup. He said, Come and get the cup, Marty St. Louis. <laughs> now that he was introduced as the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, it's Martin St. Louis. That's it, Tim. You don't know. You're not Canadian. You don't get it. So this is how it you works. Know, you know who was on that team and is now coming When I back played to the for circus. the Montreal Canadiens, I went <laughs> no from John's, I went from John Scott and St. John's, Newfoundland. I played one game for the Montreal Canadiens. I started that game. They said, start being at left wing. Jean Scoot. That was my name. Jean no, Scoot. Yes, they did. You don't know, Tim. You weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't you minus one in your first shift there? That I remember. Yeah. Versus one of the greatest players of all time, Yarmou Yager. It was an honor to get scored on by Yarmou Yager. <laughs> I even gave him a shin tap. I'm like, thanks, Jags, for that. I appreciate it. And I asked... Uh, your former best friend, Thornton, to fight. And he goes, John, are you serious? I'm like, give me one, Thornton. It's my last game. He's like, get out of here, loser. I'm like, real cool, Sean. Give me a fight. Is that is it Scott or Sean? Sean. Sean, yeah. All right. All right. Well, who played with Martin, Tim? You're getting to a point. I cut you off. Martin. Yeah, we have, we have another made-up job responsibility here. Vinny LeCavier, or Vincent now. Vincent? Vincent LeCavier? In Tampa Bay, it was Vinny LeCavier. Now it's Vincent Lecavier. Lecavier. 
Lecavelier. Um, no, you got to put some emphasis. Vincent Lecavelier. In Tampa Bay, it was Vinny Lecavelier. <laughs> what, 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 did, what did Vincent get? We have another made-up job title. He is coming to the Canadians as a special advisor to hockey operations. Ooh, special. He's, he's joining his old buddy and pal and line mate um, to... Okay, here's the thing. Vinny LeCavier is... He's a... Or he's a really good player. I don't want to put any disrespect on his name. First overall pick, Stanley Cup champion, played 1,200 games in the show, just under 1,000 points. Like, Youngest a, captain in NHL history. This is a legit... This is the legit star. Um, he won that cup when he was 23 years old. He has made it past the first round three times in his career, over 1,200 games played. I, I It's just – it's I, I, I like the idea of bringing fresh faces in and bringing recent veterans in who know the game, who know how to develop young players, blah, 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 blah. He hasn't really won anything other than, you know, this cup when he was a very, very young player where maybe he was the captain already at that point, but he wasn't the – the veteran, the grizzled guy in the room. So I don't know. It's just, it seems like another just like boys club hiring to me. What do you think? How dare you? How dare you say this? You, you respect this man. He has won a Stanley cup. He has won the rocket Richard trophy, the King Clancy trophy. He's an all-star. He's won an MVP world cup gold. He's almost got a thousand points in his career. This man is a hockey genius, Tim. How dare you? He wasn't the captain when he won the cup. I just looked it up. Oh, who cares? Dave Anderchuk was. Who cares? He was there. He was there. And his his presence is what made them win that cup. It's um no, I'm just teasing. It, it's it's a complete joke. What does that even mean? Let's break down this title. What's a special advisor? Why not just an advisor? What makes him so special? Is there an advisor down the hall who's got who's jealous of that the other guy's got special to his name? It's so yeah, right. Like, what's a special advisor, and what's hockey operations? Who is that? What does that mean? You're operating like you you make sure the hockey's doing well. Like, what is the hockey? I don't understand this. It just, it's just I know what hockey ops is. It's just the game programming stuff. You know, making sure the the lighting is good and the videos and the cameras and everybody's all the interviews go off without a hitch and everybody has what they need. That's what the hockey ops is. So if, if you're scheduling an interview with the team, you call the hockey ops and say, okay, well, you know, we're going to do the interview here. Do we have the lighting? Do we have the audio? Do we have all this stuff? The video, is it all set up? And they will set it up. What on earth does Vinny Lecavier have to do with any of that? It doesn't make sense to me unless they do hockey ops different in Montreal. Yeah, I think answer to that. I don't think that's what he's doing. I think it's more um, the management, player development, that sort of thing, the hockey side of it, as opposed Maybe. to what you're describing. Probably, um, it doesn't make sense. It's just another case. It's everybody who needs a job in the NHL. You can call your buddy. These guys are good friends. They're both French Canadians. They're seizing the opportunity. Martin has a little bit of say in Montreal now, so he just pulled some strings. He's like, hey, do you want to make a quarter of a million bucks? Vinny's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, come on up to Montreal. You can come up once a month, You know, show your face, say hi to the guys, maybe come on the ice. We'll take a couple pictures, and you can go back to Tampa Bay, and uh, you know, I'll see you every month. And then we'll come down there for a road trip. We'll go grab a couple. Uh, what do French Canadians drink? Probably something fruity. And we'll have, we'll have a drink, and that'll be it. And we'll, we'll give you – 
$250,000 for that position. It's it honestly, that's how it works. I've seen on every single team, other teams call them alumni specialists or whatever. And they pay these guys just to be around because it makes everybody feel good. Now they're giving them stupid titles like special advisor. And he's not going to do a thing much like Nick Lister in Detroit, Mark Bergeron going to LA. It's Neither just Meyer. Niedermeyer in Anaheim. It's just, they're hiring their friends and that's all that's happening. He will do nothing for this team. I ran into a guy at an event and he works for an NHL team and he was, he was a scout, an international scout. I was like, so how's that going? He's like, eh, you know, I don't even, he's like, I don't even go overseas. I just, I talk to the players in this city and I just make sure everything's going great. I'm like, it's a complete, and he makes a half a million bucks. It's just blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. That could be uh, jealous, jealous much. I am. I think a little bit, that would be nice to just check in cast a check, not have to do anything. None of my friends were good. So like, they're not like, I don't think Brian Bickle is going to be a GM of any team. You know, <laughs> he's going to maybe get a fishing show one day, but that's about it. But old boys club, good for them. Bringing in their buddies. You think Le Cavier is going to transform this team into something. He's going to come in and just overthrow the hockey ops department and be like, no, we're not, we're doing it wrong. We're going to do it my way. I'm doing the caveat. I think we could see Caulfield score his fifth goal. So that's something to think about. That's not because of the caveat. It's got the All right, Tim, do points bet. Let's get out of here. These, these, these guys are driving me nuts. Yeah. I'm going to take a layup um, because I've been taking some big risks lately. Someone paid off some haven'ts. But <laughs> some haven't. <laughs> uh, Carolina is playing at home tonight against Nashville. They're minus 180. I'm taking Carolina there. Just take the layup, have a good weekend, and move on. Nashville's been playing well. UC Soros is the real deal. Like Vesna Trophy candidate. It's, oh, yeah. uh, that's not a layup. I'm just telling you right now, I like Carolina. I, I agree with your pick. All right, everybody, you got your marching orders. Go pick Carolina, go order DoorDash. Tell everyone about our podcast. Go give us five stars on um, LinkedIn and have yourself a really good weekend. We appreciate the support and we'll talk to you guys. Who are we interview next week? Potentially. Tim. Potentially. We're talking, we're talking to Spencer Knight. Um, he agreed to do an interview next week. So hopefully we got that lined up. And what position does he play? He plays goalie for the Florida Panthers. Whoa, that'll be a good interview. I'm excited for that. Well, you guys should be excited too, because Florida's first place in the NHL. They could win the Stanley Cup. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. Have a good President's Day. Oh, very fun. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.